Hi, and welcome to A Heart for God and What He Wants for Us. My name is Jane Parrott. I'm so glad that you can come and join once again on this podcast broadcast. Amen. I would like to talk about today about being drunken with the world. Drunken with the world. I would like to draw my scriptures from Proverbs 23, 29 to 35, Romans 13, 13, Isaiah 28 and 7. Also, there will be other scriptures read and there will be definitions and commentary. And it will also be giving some descriptions of people in the Bible who have dealt with liquor, hard liquor, or wine, and what the outcome had befall them, which was not a nice outcome. And how God wants us to be sober and not drunk with this life. Um, I would like to start with the 29th Proverbs 23 and 29. Starting at the 29th. It says, Who has woke? Ask the question. I love those question marks. Ask you a question. Who has woke? I mean, who has bad things going on with them? Who has sorrow? Who is sad? Who has contentions? Who's always fighting? Who has babbling? Just talking weird talk, going off at the mouth. Who has wounds without cause? You got problems in your life. And it's not, it's not even a cause. You got problems. Who has redness of eyes? 30. We're going to answer the question right now. They that tarry wait long at the wine. That's what tarry means. They're waiting to get a, a piece of this wine. They that go to seek mixed wine. The Bible talks about liquor. That's mixed wine. Stuff that's mixed together to, to cause another concoction of something else. To make something else something. To change the taste of what it is. It says in 31, look not thou upon the wine when it is red. Comma. So God is telling us, don't, don't go there. Especially when the wine is red, don't go there. When it give it its color. And the cup. 
comma. Stop right there. So when it's giving color in the cup and the wine is red, don't look, don't go there. And when it moves itself right. Because let me tell you, this is what's going to happen. At the last, 32, it bite it like a serpent and sting it like an adder. A serpent is a snake. And the adder is a, a certain type of snake. Uh, 33. They say, Then thine eyes shall behold. This is what's going to happen to you when you indulge in this uh, certain types of wine and stuff. They said, Thine eyes shall behold strange woman. You're going to start seeing things that you don't necessarily see. You're going to start to have a desire, my Lord, that you necessarily don't want to have. And God said, this is what's going to befall you if you do this. And thine heart shall utter perverse things. So people be like going off and cussing and going on and uh, set off, be loud on the street and saying things that they might regret later, you know, to someone. And saying things that is pure, straight up nasty. 34, it says, yea, I mean, yes, thou shalt be as he that lieth down in the midst of the sea. This is God said, this is going to be the outcome of this person who does this. Thou shalt be as he that lieth down in the sea, in the midst of the sea. Come. So this is this is the first stage of what's going to start happening to you. You're gonna feel like you you can't stand solid on solid ground. You will be very unstable. Or as he that lieth upon the top of the mast. He that lieth upon the top of a mast. 35. They have stricken me. That's what you're going to be saying. <laughs> they didn't did me harm. Shall thou say, and I was not sick. They have beaten me, and I felt it not. When shall I awake? You're going to think you are in some kind of dream world. Because this is how deep it goes. You will think you're seeing things that you will think you're seeing things that happened that didn't happen. You're gonna be crazy out of your mind. You're not gonna be yourself. What the Bible says. You will not be yourself after you indulge in 
this stuff. Then you say, when shall I wait? Question mark. Then you want to try to snap out of it, but you're not going to be happy. Clarity. I will seek it yet again. So, guys, you, this man, he's just going to go back and want it again. You're going to have a desire to drink some more and drink some more because you, you can't snap out of this. You can't shake this thing off once you are, are bitten with this wine. You ain't going to be able to shake it off that easy like that. And then you're going to want more and more. The Bible said, little leaven, my Lord. A little leaven. A little leaven. Leaven's the whole lump. So that's all it takes. A little bit of drink. A little bit of that drink to get good in your system. And it'll mess you up. Romans 13 and 13, so beware. And let us walk honestly. Let us be true. As in the day. Semicolon, which is the pause. God is telling us, walk honestly. Don't be dishonest. It's not good to be a dishonest person. Not in rioting and drunk and drunkenness. See, he don't want us. He wants to be sober, but not drunken. Not causing uh, things to go wrong and coming up against others and doing naughty things that we know that is against what is right. Say not in chambering. And wantonness, which has to do with sexual content. That's what wantonness is. You're going to have a lust. You're going to have lust. And said, not in strife and envy. Not strife, anger, and jealousy. God don't want us to be that way wants to be sober-minded and not drunk with these things. Because you can be drunk with strife and envy. You can be drunk with chambering and wantonness, which is a sexual appetite. God is saying he don't want us to be drunk with these way of this life. But we got to be honest. Hallelujah. God wants us to be walking honestly, truthfully, honest, 
You know what Ani says. Isaiah 28:7. But they also have error. He's talking about the people who have indulged in this. They also have error through wine. He's talking about people that are supposed to be in the way of truth. Excuse me, people who are supposed to be ministering, people who are supposed to be telling you about what God wants you to walk in or what he has for you. People are supposed to be encouraging you to say the priest and the prophet say do uh, strong drink are out of the way and the prophet have error through strong drink. Let me read that again. But they also have error through wine and through strong drink are out of the way. For those who have made mistakes, error, the error is a mistake. People have made mistakes. The ones that have been through strong drink, they are not in the way. They, they went out the way of God. The priests and the prophets, they have made mistakes through strong drink. We don't want to make mistakes. Mistakes that we don't have to make. Because of our loss. Because of our wrong choices, our desires. This is what happened to God saying, don't make mistakes because of drinking, strong drink which they call now, these days, they call it liquor. They call it spirits. Because when it get in you, it sure changes, changes your mind. If they are swallowed up with wine, it has overtaken them. They are out of the way through strong drink. They cannot stay in the way that is good because they this has got into them and now it has changed them. The air and vision has changed them. They can't see. They stumble in judgment and they can't talk right to others because why? They are filled with this strong drink. God doesn't want the prophets and the priests to partake of this because it will cause them to lose ground. It will cause them not to stay in the way. It will overtake them. And God's saying, I don't want this to overtake you. 
in order for this not to overtake you, you've got to stay in the right way. You've got to keep the vision, hallelujah, so that you will be sound. Hallelujah. Now I would like to read Isaiah the uh, You know, drunken people kill. Let me tell you what drunken people do. They kill. You see the cars that kill people. They walking down the street. People get ran over. All kinds of stuff happen because of people is drinking and driving. And not only is people drinking and driving, people get raging. People. Uh, they rape people from the, 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 the smallest to the greatest. People are drunken. They don't care. They're drunk. They don't care about nobody. They don't care what they say to someone. They don't care if they hurt people's feelings. Drunken people will tell all their business. Because they are babbling. They don't know what they're saying. They just send a bunch of words. And they're trying to get their words. Their words are all slow and slurry. Because the liquor has taken over. The wine has taken over. The strong drink has taken them. And they no longer can function. You know, drunken people, once they have tasted this drink, you know, you know, like when you stumble once, you are engaged in this world. It takes you over. It takes over your senses. You will call bad good and good bad. You will have misunderstand. Like we were trying to get people to, they're trying to get Somebody's trying to understand, and they wouldn't be able to understand and comprehend because they're so full of drink. So full of this strong liquor. Strong drink. God told the priests not to do this because they would be at error. They would be at a mistake. They have no clarity. You become very dark and no longer see the light. You won't be able to see the light. You can't see God. It will control who you are. And God wants to be the one that's controlling you. But when something else is in control, then God 
you know, he won't be in control. I want to talk about what happens to a person that is overwhelmed with drinking or not being sober. This is what happens. They vomit. And for what we know, vomit is not nothing fresh. You know, the Bible says about the dog has returned back to its vomit. We just read the scripture and it was talking about how he comes back again after uh, after this that I was not sick they have beaten me he thought he was saying things that he would know what he was talking about but he just felt like he wanted to wake out of this but he couldn't but then he said I will seek it yet again so the dog has returned my lord back to his vomit Vomitrocious, disgusting, and gross, and unpleasant. That's what you have become. I would like to read about some of the people who have had experiences with liquor and who have betrayed others into getting them to betray another. And we learned that one of them was Uriah. Remember Uriah and David? Uriah was one of David's top men that was in the heat of the battle. Of the battles when they went and they was fighting. He, uh, you know, the story where he got his wife, put his wife to come, Bathsheba, and they uh, had a, that, his wife pregnant, and then he had to, like, cover it up. So he got his friend Uriah drunk to make it look like he was the one that did the job. But it wasn't. It was David was the one that did this. See, so he felt like getting him drunk. See, he knew that drinking would cause your mind not to be right. And what you thought was you were doing, you wasn't doing. You will see things that's not even there. You think you're in one space, but then you find yourself in another. You won't even be able to walk straight. Your, your legs will be like water because it's telling them. It would be like the mist of the sea. 
what we were talking about in Proverbs. Be like the mist of the sea. So David knew what would drink and would do if he, you know, he would get away with this. This would cover up his sin that he had did. And it would make it look like he did it and it wasn't him that did it. Then we read it. Take it, Samuel. Thirteen twenty-eight to twenty-nine talks about Ammon, uh, Ammon and his sister. When Ammon had uh, did some bad things to his sister, you see, what I was talking about earlier, it'll make you rape somebody. He raped his sister, and so the other brother, the older brother went and got Amnon drunk and got him killed because he held that thing in his heart and he was willing to know that, hey, I'm not going to just slice your neck or I'm not just going to take you out. But I know what, what drinking and do. It'll get you so buzzed that you don't know where you are. And you be also extra relaxed. Perfect time to swoop in and knock you silly. Because you don't, you're, you're not able to stand straight. You're slurred. You can't talk straight. You're extra relaxed in the moment. And then you cannot swing and fight because you can barely see who's in front to hit them. You can barely see what to do. But this is the perfect time to kill you. So that's what he did. He got them all drunk. So when he went out of his misery, he wouldn't really feel too much of anything because the, the drinking overwhelmed him. The drunkness makes you feel numb to the point. Your body goes in a numb, numb-like state where you can barely feel what you would feel if you was alert. That's why when people wake up, they say, Ah, what happened? I don't know. But like I got ran over by a diesel truck. And it's This bandit know where he was. So he was set up. That's what drinking and do. Drinking will set you up. First Kings 16, 8-10. They say the king was drinking himself into drunkenness. When he was assassinated that mean killed so this king was drinking himself he drunk so much that he got drunk and that's when he was taken out because he his vision was 
slur he could not see. Clear. His mind was all blurred up. So it was a perfect time. When you're blurred and too relaxed, you can't see. The perfect time to sneak up and do your job. Because you can't see. And some of these people in the Bible, it was very ridiculous for drinking and know that they had positions in life. David knew, praise God, that he had a position. He, but he felt like, okay, if I could just get my right-hand man out of here who I messed up with, everything would be okay. Once again, I'll be back to my position. If I then Ammon, uh, his brother thought that, hey, if I could just get Ammon out of here, everything could be okay. Then I just go back the way I was living. Everything would be okay. These people thought everything would be okay. Wine, this drink would solve problems. But it made it worse. It made it worse when. Because when David had killed, his baby died also. He got him out the way, but then he he had got back to what he had put out there. So you do not escape just because, you know, you think you did the job or you did use something to cause somebody else to fall. You, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't escape this. You didn't get away with this, and you won't get away with this, because it later on will bite you like a serpent and sting you like that. Uh, First Kings twenty twelve through twenty one. Ben had. And 32 other kings were drinking when they were attacked and defeated by the Israelites. Okay. These people, they were drinking. They was off guard, my Lord. God doesn't want us to be off guard. He wants us always to guard our hearts. For out of it flows the issue of life. We have to be on guard at all times. And because we got an enemy, the devil, which is seeking who we may devour. And if we are not on our guard, if we are being soulful, if we are slumbering, then what's going to happen is suddenly it's going to come upon us when we less think and it will overtake us. It will defeat us. We will be a defeated one. Instead of victorious, we'll be defeated and God doesn't want us to fall under this category of being drunken. So he's telling, he's giving all these examples of these different people and kings and things. 
that fell in these holes because of drink, strong drink. He said the Bible, he said the Old Testament, it was for our learning. It is for our learning to know the way that these people took and the consequences that they paid behind the way that they took. Either was for the good or or not for things that caused them to fall. But God wants to know these things will cause you to fall. Will cause you to misbehave. Will cause you to do things that you wish you didn't do. Will cause you to see things that you you don't even see. I would like to read Esther. I would like to read Psalms 75 and 8. It says, The Lord's anger is pictured as mixed wine poured out and drunk by the wicked. So when people, when the wicked drink wine, what happens to Out of control. That's how the Lord's anger is. Out of control. When he is angry, you're going to know he's angry. Because it, 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 he would, it would be where you don't know what is going to strike you, what's going to happen. Because with a drunk person, he's not certain. He's not uh, aware. He's not alert. The police always have to take a uh, breath laser test. Have to make them walk the, the, the line. Because they're not alert. They're not sober. That's what I'm saying. When the Lord is really angry, you imagine a drunk person, a wicked drunk person. Proverbs 4 and 17. Alcoholic drink is called the wine of violence. So it causes people to be violent. That means person that is trying to take other people down and cause them to be of death. That's what violence leads to death. It will cause people to hurt others. It will make you wild. People drink and that drink get inside them so bad they start acting crazy. Out of control or they why? That's what the Bible says. It'll make you
heal and make you do things that you wish you didn't do. We move on to, I would like to say uh, about the drinking of alcohol. There is more scriptures objectively condemning the use of alcoholic beverages than it will be found in the subject of lying, adultery, swearing, cheating, hypocrisy, pride, or even blasphemy. Okay, we'd like to go to Genesis 9, 26. You can read this scriptures. It will be talking about Noah. After, the, after um, Noah's ark, Noah became drunk. The result was immorality and family trouble. So, even drinking will cause families to fall apart. My God, we don't want our families to fall apart. And we need to leave liquor out of our house. Because a lot of families have been damaged because of people who have been stone drunk families who have had addictions and could not break them and it broke the family apart well Noah's drinking after all this has happened causes his family to not stick together they had immorality in their family I would like to give a definition of immorality immorality for those who don't know immorality is the state or quality of being immoral which is wickedness Okay, uh, immorality is iniquity, which is sin. Immorality is not being is not to obey the law, go against the law. It, um, doing adultery. So, Noah was caught up in adultery after all of this was happening, of what was going on with the family, Noah became drunk and he got caught up in adultery, immorality, sexual immorality, unchastity, uh, which caused family trouble. Then also, Genesis 19, 30 through 38, 
it talks about Lot. Lot was so drunk, he did not know what he was doing. This led to immorality also. So if you read Genesis 19, 30-38, it will talk about what happened to Lot through his drinking. And then also we go to Leviticus 10, 9-11. God commanded priests not to drink so that they could tell the difference between the holy and the unholy. They lost vision. They lost clarity when they start drinking. And that's why God didn't want them to drink is because they wouldn't be able to tell what is right and wrong. Your mind will be clouded. You will not be able to know what is right and wrong, what is good from bad when you are uh, intoxicated with these uh, drinks. So God told them, stay away from this. Because if you don't, just going to make mistakes. You're going to make errors. And so God told him, he wants a difference between holy and unholy. So he told him, he commanded them, don't drink. Leave it alone. Because I want you to have clarity. Number six and three. The Nazarites were told to eat or drink nothing from the grapevine. The grapevine is where they do the wine press. So if those if you was a Nazarene in those days, you was not to drink from the wine press or or the grapevine which which was put in the wine press to make a strong drink. You was not. You was told not to touch it. The Nazarenes in that day could not touch it. Could not drink. Uh, Deuteronomy twenty-one and twenty. It says a drunken son was stubborn and rebellious. People who are drunk are likely to be stubborn. They don't want nobody to tell them nothing, and they want people to leave them alone and they want to be rebellious. They want to go against what you are trying to tell them what is right because they they have lost their sense of way. I would like to also go to Isaiah, the fifth chapter. It says, uh, starting at one, two, three, and four, then I will go from 11 to 13. It says, Now will I sing to my well-beloved a song of my beloved touching his vineyard. My well-beloved has a vineyard in a very fruitful hill. Two, and he fisted and gathered out the stones thereof, and planted it with the choicest vine, hmm. and built a tower in the midst of it. Um, 
and also made a wine press therein. And then these two dots, after the two dots, it's going to tell what he did next. He said, then he looked, and he looked that it should bring forth grapes, and it brought forth wild grapes. It didn't bear what it was supposed to bear. And three, he said, and now, O inhabitants of Jerusalem, and men of Judah, judge. God is coming. Judge, I pray you, come betwixt me and my vineyard. What do you think about my vineyard? Four, what could have been done more to my vineyard that I have not done in it? Question mark. Then it's answered right here. Wherefore, when I looked that it should bring forth Grapes brought it forth. Wild grape? Question mark. Now we we'll go to 11. It says, Woe unto them that rise up early in the morning, that they may follow strong drink, that continue until night, till wine inflames them. So God's saying, it's bad unto you when you have this type of frame of mind. Get up early in the morning and partake of this strong drink. That's the first thing you run to. And then, not only that, but then you continue all through the, the night. You don't change. You still go back and you, you drink all day, all night. God says it's not going to be good. You, you, your logic won't be right. You won't be able to think clear. You won't be able to judge clear. You think you are, are walking, but you, you are actually tripping and falling. You will be like, you feel like you're in some type of dream or something. So all this stuff will happen to you. You will not be stable in none of your ways. But God's saying it's not bad. I mean, it is bad when you wake up and you go looking for strong drinking and more. It's not good for you. And then 12 says, And the harp, and the vial, and the tabard, and pipe, and wine are in their feasts. But they regard not the work of the Lord. Come. I like to sit right there. Yes. Yes. And they regard not the work of the Lord. They did not. They did not pay attention to the work of God. They didn't even care about the work of the Lord. They just wanted to have a good time and have a drink early in the morning all the way to the night. And they didn't even consider the operation of his hands, what he has done for them. Because their minds were overtaken 
13. Therefore, my people are gone into captivity. They are caught because they have no knowledge. They are destroyed because they have no knowledge. And their honorable men are famished. They wore out. And the multitude dried up with their thirst. With thirst. Amen. God bless the reader for his word. I hope something was said that may help you. And let you know that God doesn't want us to be intoxicated. But he wants us to be filled. He don't want us to be filled with excess of wine. Drunken with wine. Drunken. But he wants us to be filled with his spirit. Amen. Have a nice night. Keep looking up because God is in your corner. He loves you. And he's looking out for you. He wants us to be wise. Wise as serpents and harmless as God bless. See you in the next episode of the Lord's Willing. Thank God for you. Thank you for coming. Have a nice night. Bye.